Welcome, everybody, to Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. You're listening to Episode 15, An Introduction to Simple Health, Part 3. While I'm making my way through the three concepts that assisted me in reclaiming my health from two grim diagnoses, one of which was breast cancer, stage 2 with a rapid dividing cell. Hi, I'm Becky Campos, and the philosophy of health, the attitude of health, and the strategy of health saved my life. And it is my pleasure to pass on this life-changing, life-saving information that I believe will make all the difference in the world in your own personal pursuit of reclaiming your own health, if need be, and certainly for the prevention of disease. I have already introduced the first concept, the philosophy of health in previous episodes, and I'm continuing to introduce the second concept that assisted me in getting well, the attitude of health. In this second concept, there is so much information that I want to detail before we make our way to the strategy of health. And it is my hope that we arrive there with a strong philosophy and a proper attitude that will assist us in mastering the 12 laws of simple health and ultimately lifestyle medicine. Well, in episode 14, I began making the distinction between what health is and what health is not by introducing you to the totality of health versus isolated approaches to health. There are 11 approaches altogether, and I'm sure there are many more, but I've chosen these 11 and have already covered the first three approaches, the vegetarian, vegan, or vegan and the fruitarian lifestyle and diets. Today, I want to share four more popular approaches to health and wellness in the United States and across the Western world. And I will simply comment on each one and why I believe they fall short of the totality of health. Well, fourth, the Mediterranean diet is comprised of up to 70% or more animal foods, flesh foods as they are known, and animal-based foods, primarily red meats. So we want to focus that on red meats in this uh, approach. Red meat is categorized as beef, lamb, goat, venison, bison, and pork. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Americans consumed 222.2 pounds per capita of red meat and chicken in 2018. And although there has been a greater demand for plant-based foods over the years, red meat consumption has been on the rise due to high-fat diets or high-protein diets or the keto and paleo diets. Red meat processing reached up to 100 billion pounds, can you believe it, in production due to the low-quality grains and corn feed making it possible to raise more cattle. Red meats produce more myoglobin than white meats, such as chicken. It is what gives red meat their rich red or dark color. 
when it is fresh meat, it is more red than when it is nearly expired. Myoglobin is an iron and oxygen binding protein found in the animal muscle tissue, which carries and stores oxygen in muscle cells. It is found in abundance in red meats due to their high muscle content. Therefore termed red meats often confused with the animal's blood, but it's mostly water and color. And guess what? Men are more prone to favoring this diet. I know my husband was back in the day, and quite frankly, I favored this diet. Plant-based foods are rarely consumed by meditarians in high quantity. In the pioneering days of America, farming communities were prevalent and animal-based foods and root vegetables were at the center of most dinner tables. And the expression, I am a meat and potatoes person, was coined. I have to say that I was probably raised as a meatitarian, not knowing. Uh, we don't usually choose the foods that we grow up on. Those foods are, uh, we inherit them through just generational um, supply, food supply. We, we uh, eat what our parents serve us and teach us to eat, and then it's passed down to the next generation, and each generation may uh, grow up uh, with these foods and take it on to feed their households. But um, I know I was a meditarian for sure. Roast pork chops, steaks, stews, bacon, and high quantity of cheeses and cow's milk were normal everyday foods in my teens especially. I carried that tradition and my Hispanic recipes into my marriage and raised a family on these foods. And this is how it happens is that we pass our recipes down to our daughters and our sons and then they move away and they begin to make it their own. I most definitely loved my meat back then, especially Sunday roast. But as I said, once I mastered consuming mostly a plant-based diet, I never did return to incorporating red meats as a normal part of my food supply. Although red meat consumption affords humans protein, iron, creatine, zinc, phosphorus, B vitamins, and lipoic acid, and small amounts of vitamin D, all which we need for good condition, normal, efficient, functioning, soundness of body and mind. It is the overconsumption of red meat in high quantities and unfortunately in low quality the way I used to consume it that promises to slow down the evacuation of the content of your colon, my friend, producing numerous chain reactions that we will cover in the law of cleansing. Red meats are void of fiber, cleansing waters, and dietary enzymes and require sufficient hydrochloric acid in your stomach for digestion of protein. Since meditarians tend to overconsume animal-based foods, red meats especially, and underconsume plant-based foods, fruits, vegetables, high in fiber, low in sugar, high in antioxidants and cleansing waters, the imbalances result in high incidence of digestive diseases, disorders, and cancer. And 
to add insult to injury. Also, an overburdened liver subjected to breaking down large quantities of animal proteins and estrogens. There is nothing more delicious than a well-done steak with caramelized onions and a baked potato. There really isn't. Americans love their red meat, and why not? There is nothing like the texture, the aroma, and the taste of a slightly fatted, browned, and well-roasted to perfection, roast with a side of mashed potatoes and gravy. Nothing. No amount of tofu seasoned and seared, my friend, to look and taste like meat is acceptable to those of us who love our red meat. Tofu is tofu and red meat is red meat. The plant kingdom and the animal-based kingdom are distinct from each other and the foods they provide are also distinct. Our work is to understand the reasons why the overconsumption of animal-based foods, especially red meats, are detrimental to long-term health and to arrive at consuming them responsibly so as to enjoy their pleasures and nutrients without reaping the health consequences from overconsumption. There is so much more to speak of concerning the overconsumption of red meat and flesh foods, and I will speak more on this topic in The Law of Nutrition. Reducing red meat consumption in animal-based foods and replacing them with a mostly plant-based diet that will assist your body in its self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities is a good thing. And so I will detail how to transition from the standard American diet to a diet in accordance with the law of nutrition, and you won't want to miss it. But here I simply want to emphasize that the Mediterranean diet lacks enzymes, fiber for sure, and cleansing waters, antioxidants, and so much more, and falls short of the totality of health. And fifth, all things in moderation. Oh my, I have met many a person that holds to this approach. This approach seems to be pursued by those who recognize the need for both animal and plant-based foods, and they also enjoy processed foods, sweets, and both caffeinated and alcoholic beverages. You may hear them exclaim at times how they enjoy all things in moderation. Moderation is the state of avoidance of extreme and excess. The problem here with moderation is that it is a subjective approach to health and cannot be measured by any real standard. Moderation changes drastically according to person, feeling, and desire. All things in moderation does not provide an objective, clear, concise, and accurate definition of health or a health protocol, nor does it require critical thinking and guidance in the consumption of foods and beverages. And they may or may not include mastery of the laws of health and therefore fall short of the totality of health. And sixth, eat, drink, and be merry approach. Oh my, no one really sets out to eat, drink, and be merry and throw caution 
to the wind, I would say. But if you're not paying attention, uh, the standard American way of eating surely ushers you in that direction, as it did me, with all its processed foods, beverages, desserts, and all types of wonderful foods of really all sorts available to us. I think this approach is more about neglecting to think about health, eating, drinking, and being merry. Well, guess what? Resides deep within us. Not having to pay attention to what we eat and drink is one way to approach life and health. And it usually happens during our youth. And guess what happens then? Age begins to be noticeable and suddenly it seems whether we desire to or not, eating, drinking and being married turns into a thing of the past. Now we must think about health in ways we never did before. I like to say, youth, oh youth, where are you? I need you to return to me. But nay, it's fleeting, never to be seen again. Hence, there is wisdom, maturity, and insight awaiting. Day upon day, week upon week, month upon month, and year upon year, they will surely come on the wings of aging. But no worries, there is plenty of eating and drinking and being merry in lifestyle medicine. That is not fleeting, my friend, but life-giving. Obviously, a diet of eating, drinking, and being merry simply cannot be categorized as health. Well, I'd like to say that I was probably certainly a meditarian. I also um, would say that I held to eating, drinking, and being merry uh, in my young years. And so I think all of us have experienced one of these approaches or two or more. Well, seventh, the low and carb-free diets. This is a diet that eliminates carbohydrates. Doing so results in the overconsumption of fat, sodium, sugar, and protein in compensation for the carbohydrates that have been eliminated. Carbohydrates are a macronutrient which provide necessary glucose for energy. Healthy carbohydrates are central, my friend, in the work of prevention of sickness and disease and for the reclaiming of your health. To eliminate healthy carbohydrates is to eliminate precious vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, omega-3, 6, and 9 essential fatty acids, cleansing water, and life-giving glucose. These diets are often pursued in the name of weight loss, yet they leave you dissatisfied since many foods such as legumes, beans, brown rice, grains, and starch-based vegetables are vanished. Ultimately, it is unsustainable since many of the required foods for health and wellness are healthy carbohydrates. I will cover carbohydrates in the law of nutrition and how to consume them responsibly. As you can see, there is so much to think about when considering isolated approaches to health and wellness apart from the totality of health. Isolated approaches to health and wellness most definitely usher in unhealthy attitudes that can derail your journey to becoming a critical health thinker, reclaiming your health, and mastering lifestyle medicine.
When you are working diligently to sustain or rebuild your health, the last thing you need, my friend, is the nagging uncertainty that can come with isolated approaches that overpromise health and wellness, but under-deliver. Please join me for episode 16 as I introduce the remainder isolated approaches to health. And it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is.